Well, it is good to be here this morning. Unclaimed inheritance. Unclaimed inheritance. wonder what's in here. Unclaimed inheritance. You know, last week, uh, you know, I asked, and actually the title of the sermon uh, was, and we have that CD out there. I, I presume it's out there. It's, they're usually out there the very following week. But the title of the sermon was, Who Do You Think You Are? And, uh, and I mentioned that. I really believe that most of the body of Christ, not all of course, but most of the body of Christ really don't know who they are in Christ, that many believers still see themselves as being that old person before they got saved and before they was washed in the blood of Christ. Many, many believers still see themselves as the old sinner, as the person that used to do all kinds of things wrong before they started obeying God. And but you know, that's not who we are anymore. And we're, I'm going to pick up on that uh, today. We're going to continue. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians 3, Galatians 3.13. Last, last week we was in Ephesians. This week we're going to be in Galatians. And, and, and this, is the, this is part of the Pauline epistles. And let me tell you what's important about the Pauline epistles, okay? The Apostle Paul, uh, we're from Romans to Hebrews, from Romans, the book of Romans the Hebrews is the Pauline epistles, and they're written by the Apostle Paul. Now, let me tell you what's important about the Pauline epistles that somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat sets it apart from other books of the Bible. And if you haven't read and studied the Pauline epistles, I encourage you to do so. Now, here's what sets it apart. The Pauline epistles, Paul writes them after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. After your sins and my sins were put upon the cross and after the redemption plan was fulfilled, okay? Another thing about the Pauline epistles, they are written to churches and individuals, okay? Churches like Orchardville, individuals and believers like yourself. So when you read the Pauline epistles, it's different than the Old Testament when you read that. When you read the Pauline epistles, that is... Uh, God speaking through Paul to the modern-day church. Okay? Did you just hear that? Please don't make me repeat all that. You just want me to start over? I'll start over. Good morning, Orchardville Church. <laughs> no, we're not going to start, start over. Galatians 3.13, if you've got your Bibles. We're going to read 3.13, 14. I'm going to jump down to 29. Powerful scripture right here. It says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse of the law. Christ has rescued us. Now, to ask, tell me this is rescued. Is that present tense, past tense? What tense is that? It is past tense. It's been done. It's been accomplished. He has already rescued us. Okay, now the example I like to use is just every time that someone gets saved, Jesus does not have to go back on that cross and die again. No, it was bought and paid for once and for all. He hung on that cross. It was past tense. Are you with me? So he rescued us from the curse of the law. When he hung on the cross, 
He took upon himself the curse. Everybody say the curse. And then it says, for our wrongdoings. And that's why you are a child of God this morning if you've received Christ as Lord and Savior because he has paid the price for your wrongdoing. You get the benefit and he got the curse, okay? Uh, Verse 14, it says, through Christ Jesus, now listen to this, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. Now let me ask you this, is there any Gentiles here today? You are Gentiles. So you have been blessed, listen to this, through Christ Jesus, but it's only through Christ Jesus. That's why we can do all kinds of things on our own. Before we get saved, we may do all kinds of good things, but it's only after we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior do we actually start living for God. Only then do we start bringing Him glory with our actions and our faith and by sharing the gospel with others. Only after that, it says, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessings He promised to Abraham. And we're going to get into that in a few weeks, the blessings of Abraham. And it goes on to say, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.29. And it says, and now that you belong to Christ, do you belong to Christ? Simple question, yes or no? Okay. So if you belong to Christ, you are a true child of Abraham. You are his heir, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. God's promises to Abraham belong to you. Now, how many, how many of you know all the promises of Abraham? Let me just stop you right there. None of you, none of you know them all. Nobody knows them all. And that's why the title of the sermon is Our Unclaimed Inheritance. You know, each year... In America, there are millions and millions of dollars of inheritance that's laid aside. You know why? Because they don't know whose it is. And in fact, it totals up to over $50 billion in the fund right now, and it's all the inheritance, and they don't know whose it is. And you know what's worse? Some of it could be yours, and you don't even know it. No, I'll tell you what's worse than that. Some of it could be mine, and I don't even know it. That'd be worse, wouldn't it? But this is, this is money that we have a right to. I mean, you know, whether it's, a, I presume, you know, maybe it was a great aunt or a grandpa or a grandma or something. Somebody left us something, and they worked for this. And they saved and they scrimped and they did all, all of this so that their loved ones could have that, right? But still, it just, it just sets there because it's an unclaimed inheritance, because nobody knows it's theirs. Now, I just wonder if that happens in the Bible. I just wonder if that could possibly be true with the Word of God. Now, think about it. Now, wouldn't it be a shame that, that if you had a family that struggled and, you know, they, that they barely had enough money to pay their rent, 
they barely had enough money to make a car payment, let alone send the, send the kids to college. And yet the whole time, they had all of this money in an in inheritance, but they just didn't know it was theirs. Now, wouldn't that be a shame? Wouldn't that be a shame that when, the, when their loved ones had worked so hard and gathered this money and, and saved it and scrimped all just so that they could bless their loved ones with it? Maybe they worked long hours. Maybe they did all kinds of crazy things and worked two or three jobs to save and so that they could bless their loved ones. But it is sad to say that much of the body of Christ is in the same position. Much of the body of Christ, we don't understand what our inheritance is. We don't have a full concept of what Jesus bought and paid for on the cross. So it's important for us to know. Now I brought this out here. Does anybody know what's in there? No. You don't have a clue. It, it is? No, you don't have a clue of what that is. <clears throat> now, if you look, if you look in almost every Bible in the New Testament, it says the New Testament, and many of them say the New Testament of Jesus Christ. The New Testament. <clears throat> A New Testament, you can say the same thing. It's an interchangeable. You can say the same thing. The new will of Jesus Christ. The new will of God. How many of you know when Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came to this earth, died on that cross, uh, was buried in a tomb, and rose again on the third day, everything changed? Things change. That's why, that's why there's an old will. That's why there's an Old Testament. And that's also why there's a New Testament. Well, guess what? We live in the New Testament. When we read, we should read about the new will. All right? Now, in the natural, if someone passes away and they leave a will, they have a reading of the will. And it's just, just what it says it is. They get out. You know, the will, the wishes of the one that has went on and passed away, and they have a reading of the will. And there's a, there's a story that, uh, that came out uh, years ago before the Iron Curtain fell, and they were having uh, secret meetings, secret church meetings, because, you know, it was against the law, and they was very hard against that. And there was two believers going to a secret meeting. And so they was going to a meeting. Well, the authorities stopped them and asked them where they was going. And being believers, like they were, they didn't want to lie about it. So what they said was, well, our eldest brother died, and they're having a reading of the will. And we're going to go read and go hear what that will has to say. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that your eldest brother, Jesus Christ, died and we're having a reading of the wheel right now. That's right. Now, let me tell you, what I just told you is true, whether you believe it or not. And the truth will set you free. So wrap your mind around that. Wrap your hand around that some way. So now, it's, so it's important for us to know what's legally and rightfully ours. Right? It's important to know that. So, so we have our 
will and testament sitting right in front of us. So let's just say you get a phone call. Rob, you have a long lost someone and your name is in the will. We don't know what you got, but, the re- but we're having the reading of will tomorrow and you got something we don't know what. Now let me tell you what me or you, we're not gonna say this. I don't have time for the coming to come to the reading of the will because I'm gonna read to Wayne County Press. No, you're not gonna say that. You're not gonna say, well, I'll tell you what, if there's not a lot of activity on Facebook, I will be there. Are you? <laughs> no. You're, what are you, are you going to say, well, me and my friends, we was going to go to Mount Vernon. No. You know what we're going to do? We're going to say, what time do you want me there? You know what we're going to do? We're going to be the first ones there. We're going to be sitting outside that lawyer's office tapping our foot, just waiting to hear what is rightfully ours. Is that right? We're going to be wanting it. We want it. We want everything that's ours. Don't you? We want that in the natural. But the problem is so many times we don't want it in the spiritual realm, which is even more important than the natural realm. So how many of you would not show up if you got, a, if you got that phone call that said, we, your name is mentioned in the reading of the will? How many of you would not show up for that? Is there anybody here that has too much of anything? Well, don't answer that. Because <laughs> there's some things we have too much of. Mostly junk, but it's... Uh... But no, we would be... Our full attention would be focused on what's in that will. What is rightfully mine? Yeah, but what, but what about... What if there's a... Uh, what if you find out, you go to the reading of the will, and you find out that you have inherited a million dollars... What about that? And you think, oh my goodness, that's terrific. And you leave the hospital and man, you're doing the old, you're doing the old foot kick and you're doing this and you're doing that because your life suddenly changed, right? Your life suddenly changed. Well, let me tell you one thing, just kind of a side note. If you're a born again child of God, your life suddenly changed when you found out what was in the will and testament of Jesus Christ the first time. So, 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 you, so, you, so you inherited a million dollars and you're on your way home and you're celebrating and you drive through the new car lot. What kind of car, new car you guys want? And you drive through the car lot and you say, okay, yep, yep, that, that, that's the color I want. That's the model I want. That's exactly it. That's what I want. You get home, you get a phone call. The lawyer says, there's, there's someone is contesting the will and they're contesting that that million dollars is not yours. ruh uh-oh, you thought you had a million dollars, but all of a sudden, someone contests the will. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? You say, oh, I knew it was too good to be true. Oh, okay, I didn't need a million dollars anyway. Just let them have it. Is that what you do? No. 
You fight for that million dollars. You say, I want to see what that will says again. They said that was mine. They are supposed to be mine. I want that. Well, you know what? That happens all the time with the word of God. The scripture says that by his stripes, we are healed. You know what? And the devil comes up and says, nope, not you. Nope, you're not going to live very long. You're not going to live very long at all. And you know what you got to say? No, it is in the will. It was bought and paid for by my elder brother. And he gave it to me. And I want it right now. And that's just one, that's just one of many. And that's just one of many inheritance that we have as being believers. Not because of us, but because we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. So what would you do? Think about that. Would you fight for that inheritance? Or would you just let them have it? I mean, just, just pick the promises of God. Just pick, pick the one that you think the devil would fight over. See, this is why it's so important for us to know what the, what the Bible said. Now, see, you, you, you guys just, uh, yeah, I'm wanting you to read your Bible. You know why? Because I want you to walk in your inheritance. I want you to have what is yours. Now, didn't we already establish that you want what's yours? If you got a million dollars, wouldn't you want that? Huh? Sure you would. You know, some of you could probably put it all in the bank. I wouldn't put it. I'd spend half of it. <laughs> you know, uh, I had a, a good friend worked for us for 25 years. I won't say, say his name, but he worked. He's a great guy. Worked for us for 25 years. He's probably the tightest guy I've ever known in my life. But he, but he would always have the saying, he'd always say, you know, money's no good unless you spend it. And I kind of think he's right on that, you know? So anyway, so if you had a million dollars, would you fight for that? If you were supposed to inherit a million dollars, would you fight for that? Would you go back and read what that, what that will said? I'll, I'll tell you, you know what we should do? We should go back and read what that will says and see what it says. And you know what even I would do, what we should do? We should take notes. And write down everything that that will says is mine. You know why? So we'll know. So when, so when the devil comes to contest the will, nope, I got it wrote down right here. Nope, it says right there. Galatians 3.13, right there. Christ redeemed us. No, no, that's, that's wrong, devil. You know, in, in Matthew 4, in Matthew 4, let, let me, I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Stay with me just for another minute. In Matthew 4, G, the devil come to Jesus three different times. And he tried to get him out of the will of God. And he lied. The devil lied to Jesus. And you know what Jesus done? He went to God, to the old will. He went to the Old Testament and told the devil what the will said. Jesus said, nope, that's not right. It says this. He done the same thing, and he is our example. He done the same thing that we have to do as believers and body of Christ if we want to walk in the blessings of God. We have to stand our ground. That's why we prayed for those young people today. 
We got to stand our ground. We have a battle on our hands and it's over the young people and we're not going to let them go. We're going to pray over them. We're going to preach to them. We're going to try to lead them in praise and worship. <clears throat> Glory to God. We're going we're gonna to have church camp for them. We're going we're gonna to build a fellowship hall and a gymnasium, gymnasium for them to bring more in so we can ha have more at church camp. And if everything goes right, we're going to have a swimming pool for the church camp. If we got enough money. If we got enough money. I'll tell you what, we're not dead yet. The devil might think we are, but we're not dead yet. We're moving on. We serve a big God, and we got a gospel to get out. And there are kids, thousands of kids everywhere that don't know about it. And we need to get the kids, and then we can get the parents, right? Get the kids, and then we can share with the parents. Make a positive influence on that kid, and then those parents will be saying, what are you teaching my kids? Man, they're acting different. They're talking better. They're acting better. They're running around with better friends. What are you telling my kids? And there's the door. Ready to walk through it. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to change a family. Praise team, if you'll come, please. I want to close one more illustration. Went to Napa. Went to Napa probably about a month ago. Needed some wheel bearings for my Honda Rancher, back wheel bearings. I picked up two of them. <laughs> Sean, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to relate to this. I picked up two wheel bearings for my Honda Rancher. Well, I just got the time to put them in here this past, past week or so. And I found one, put it in, I started looking for the other one. I could not find that anywhere. So I called up, called up the store and say, hey, uh, look and see how many of them wheel bearings I picked up. They said, you picked up two? I said, I knew it. And I looked everywhere. I looked everywhere for that wheel bearing and I could not find it. You know what? I had bought that wheel bearing. I had paid for that wheel bearing and it was mine. But I couldn't find that. It was doing me no good because I couldn't find that thing nowhere. You see, that's the way it is. If we don't know what the New Testament says, that's the way it is in our life. If we don't know what's in there, we don't know what to fight for. If we don't know what's in the New Testament, we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray for our friend or how to pray for our children. If we don't know what's in the, in the New Testament, we don't know. If we looked in Genesis 15, <clears throat> God laid out to Abraham all of the blessings. And Abraham asked a very good question. After God had told him how he was going to bless him, Abraham asked a very good question. And this is not word for word, but this, this is how it went. Abraham said, God, how, do, how can I trust you? How do I know that you're going to do what you said you would do? And that's, is that not an honest question? That's a good question even for today. But you know what God did? He answered him. He answered Abraham, and not with words, but he answered 
Abraham with a blood covenant. A covenant that can never be broken. Maybe you're here today and you're, and you're wondering, well, how do you know that God's not going to, how, how do you know he's going to keep his promises to you? How do you know he's going to hear your prayers? How do we know that he loves you? And how do, you, how do we know that this is his will and he's going to back it up? Well, it's very simple. He backs it up with a blood covenant that was shed on the cross. And because of that blood covenant, he is saying, this is all that I am. And everything that is in here is for you. Amen. Amen. Stand with me, please. You know, if you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, if you've never just asked Him to forgive you of your sins, forgive you of your wrongdoing, if you've never just quietly asked Him to come into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity right now. The greatest promise in the New Testament, John 3.16. See, it's in there. It's in your will. And it's it's for the whole world. A promise for the whole world that whosoever shall believe on Christ Jesus shall be saved. Now let me tell you, just kind of a side note. That promise was in there before you found out about it. I wonder how many more promises are in there that you don't know about yet. Or how many people do you know that doesn't know that promise is in there? That they can become a child of God. That their sins can be washed away. If you have a need this morning, please come. Please come. If you've never received Christ, your own Savior, please come. I'll meet you right down here. I want to pray with you. We won't embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today and we praise you today, Father. We thank you for watching over us and protecting us. Father, I thank you, Father, for ministering here today. I thank you, Father, for your word that you've given us today. And, Father, I pray for every heart that every heart would be open to your word and it'll penetrate their heart and they'll hold on to that. Father, I also pray, Father, that they'll find out what their inheritance is, that they'll have a desire to find out what is rightfully theirs, what was bought and paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. If you've never received Christ or if you have a need this morning, please come.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.